film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah From the main streets of St. Louis, from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because indie film is awesome, even though it sucks. <laughs> and tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Mondo, Mondo Franco. Mondo. So Mondo, we got to ask you the famous question. Now no. 21 times we've asked this question, what's your suck? Where do I start? <laughs> All right, um, damn. <laughs> I mean, I, I can remember we got hired to shoot a film in New Orleans back in 2009. These guys were like, hey, let's, you're going to shoot a feature horror movie. And uh, we got a diner location. So write a diner scene into your movie. I'm like, all right, cool. That's fun. Like a roadside diner? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be great. Write the scene. We get down there, and everything is like not what we thought it was. I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the diner scene. We're shooting that tonight. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No time to location scout. Let's go. We get in there. It's a Greek restaurant. An obvious <laughs> Greek restaurant okay. where, like, you know, there's decor and everything and the music. And uh, I was like, okay. And they're like, well, this is our diner? It's like, yeah. So, you guys got three hours. Shoot your scene. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I, I was like, well, part of being a filmmaker, especially an indie filmmaker, is thinking on your feet. So um, I picked the plainest corner and took off the nice plates and the tablecloth, made it plain, and we shot a scene. It was like a master, a two-shot, two-shot, four people sitting around a table eating and talking. So just master, two-shot, two-shot. That was all we had time to do. We did it. The movie's terrible. No one's ever seen it. But um, we did it. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty typical, right? Yeah. We got a diner. Okay, so you got a building that we call it a restaurant, right? right. <laughs> so now go build a scene around it. Right. Pretty much. I mean, you know, it was, I can't complain too much. It was a free trip to New Orleans, round trip, flight, um, food, place to stay. No, that didn't suck. Where, where's I mean, the suck part? Yeah. Uh, just being out of the gun to deliver a product <laughs> that, you know. So somebody yeah. hired you to direct? Yeah. Three features in a month. Oh, oh wow! Oh. <laughs> so that's why it's like, okay, shoot a restaurant scene in, in a day. <laughs> Three feature films in a month. Yeah. Holy. Yeah, God. and while we were down there, like the first week, I was writing what was going to be the third one. So what is that like? Uh, <laughs> eight days to shoot each one or something? Well, I had less than five. I had like four. What? Four days five per, per film. Yeah, and then a friend of mine did the second film that I acted in. I had to wear a loincloth. Long story. And um, and he had ten days. I think it got. He was supposed to have ten, but it got pushed to twelve. And then I had three and a half, four days to do the last one, which we didn't finish. What genre? All all of them were horror films. Okay. Uh, the second one, like my first one, was like a. It's on my IMDb page, and even though it's never got finished, it's called The Bayou Butchers. It was kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type movie with a bunch of people that live in the bayou and the swamp and just hunt people. And the second one was called Voodoo You Love. It was like a rom-com uh, voodoo spell gone bad. <laughs> was, you know, really kind of whimsy. And then the last one was like this artistic, supernatural ghost movie that made no sense. And uh, the producer asked me to rewrite it, so I did, so it made more sense. And then again, we only had three, four days to film it. So, I mean, like, there, there was a lot of fun. I mean, it was fun, but there was just it was just stressful to, like, 
do that much work and that little time. And that included uh, hiring a makeup artist. We hired this guy who is still in New Orleans and still making a name for himself. He's pretty big. If you go and do a production down in New Orleans, this is probably the guy you're going to end up hiring mm-hmm. to do your makeup effects. Um, really, t- His name is Carlos Savant. Really cool guy. Um, and then, yeah, we had to cast, hire everybody, and shoot. How long ago was this? This was in 2009, I want to say. So these had to be micro-budget films, right? Yeah, I I don't even know what the full amount was, and our deal was um, points. Mm. Oh, points. There you go. (laughs) And we had to literally, uh, they had to literally, to to legally uh, obtain the legal rights to our script, we had to sell them, so they gave us a dollar to legally transact power of ownership or whatever let me guess you're still waiting for those checks to come in i mean the movies never got finished so oh wow any of them no that's a shame i mean, I mean so- yeah i think voodoo you love is probably the closest one because it had the most time and there was even some pickup shoots here uh, i mean not here but in la i think the guys were thinking it was going to be easier than it was and then i guess when i saw dailies like well why doesn't it look like the remake of the crazies I'm like well, <laughs> right yeah because so we had three days. Yeah. <laughs> we knew that <laughs> it was a pretty big task. Um, but we're like, well, I mean, we can try. So, <laughs> so I, well, I mean, I... I, I this yeah. reminds me of Sub Rosa Studios. Mm-hmm. They're out of New York. Like, yeah. Like 20-something years ago. They had a deal like that mm-hmm. where they had like 20 titles. And all the, they, I don't know if they even had titles. They had like 20 ideas. And they pitched this to Eric Stanzi. He said, hey, we've got like 20 ideas can you crank these out just as fast as humanly possible? 20 of them? Something like that. He shot a few of them, and he farmed out a bunch to a number of people, and they were kind of like that that no-budget, turn-and-burn, yeah. make make me a movie, you know, based on this line of an idea. Yeah. And a bunch of those got made, but, yeah, they were, like, you know, cranked out, I don't know about four days, but, like, a couple of weeks. It's possible, but with that level of speed and... and lack of budget or whatever yeah. i mean you're gonna get something it's gonna yeah. look like a home movie but but eric's talented so i mean I, i'm sure it looked like awesome it's looked like something really good but, yeah uh, he i think he yeah. did like one or two of them and then a, a bunch of people i know did them and i was yeah. given the opportunity to do one i was like ah i passed <laughs> and i wish i would have what are, the, what are those guys names that did canon canon films Oh, the, produ- uh, the guys that owned it, and they were like, uh, they would sell movies before Golden they were. Globus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, yeah. like, it sounds like some or like something, you know, like a trauma. Yeah. Even like, oh, we'll just make these fast. I mean, cheap. it sounds like fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love just shooting shit and just, you know, with no real goal in mind because it's fun. It makes me feel like I'm in high school again. So, where were you in your career when you took that gig? In New Orleans, I was not really doing much. I was doing short films. Okay, um, I had I'd made <laughs> I had made two features that I've never seen the light of day. Nice. Thinking, I'm like, I'm going to make this and go to Sundance and get made. I know that feeling. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, just like I thought. Well, how did you get started? Actually, at the beginning, at the very beginning, like filmmaking. Well, just yeah. What made you think independent film is? This is my jam. I grew up just being a movie person. I, I love movies. I just I, I speak fluently in quotes. Um, just a big geek, and um, I wanted to be Van Damme. You know, it's kind of like watching Bloodsport and Kickboxer sure. growing up, and yeah. watching RoboCop and Terminator and Aliens, and like oh, this is cool. I want to be the guy holding the gun. I want to be the actor. So I wanted to be an actor, and you know, I I would play 
with the neighborhood kids or kids at school and no one made believe like I did because I was like so into it. It was ridiculous. Like I took the game we were playing so seriously and I would direct the scenarios. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come in here and then we fight here. And this, I don't know. It was just like, this is a fucking big loser. <laughs> but um, I wanted to be an actor. So I, I took theater and um, did a bunch of uh, plays in high school and got into college. And then while I was in high school, I was doing creative writing and um, we had to write a script. And I was always thinking, well, how about if I, what if I write my own movie? I still have it somewhere. I, I wrote a, <laughs> a feature that's like 70 something handwritten pages and it's oh, cool. like nice. different like size font and, and colored pen and marker and, and different kinds of paper. It's just like wadded all together. It's, it was about a summer of a group of friends growing up going into high school. It was, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but, you know, uh, believe yeah. it or not, I, I have one of those myself. Yeah, I used to have it. Uh, somewhere. Yeah. It's it's terrible. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's the process, yeah. though, right? It well, is the process, So yes. it, it's actually in a trapper keeper. Yeah, I just, I, I uh, wanted to be an actor. And then in high school when we wrote a script, I, like, well, you got to direct a movie. I'm like, it's a short film. You can either perform it in front of the class or make it short. I'm like, if I always wanted to make a movie, that'd be cool. Like, we should direct it. Well, Mondo should, because he's the one that loves movies. I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that. I just fell in love with the process. I'm like, fuck acting. I want to be behind the camera and tell people what to do. That's <laughs> way more fun. <laughs> you know? And I, I, you know, like every filmmaker, you make one, and like, that's so good. And then that one person's like, this really sucks. And you're like, yeah, it does. Man, the consistency <laughs> of the people that come in here that we interview, this is, it's like every life story is exactly the same. Yeah. Thought I was going to Sundance, thought I was going to do this, because yeah. that's our story. I know. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. film sucks. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So that's kind of you know how I got started. I just kind of kept making shorts on the weekends with my friends, and graduated high school. I was like, well, it's time to go to college. What are you going to do for a living? I'm like, I, I want to make movies. I want to do this for a living. And unlike a doctor, you can't just go to school and get a degree and just become a filmmaker. Right. I mean, Sadly. I mean, maybe there are that one in 3,000 that does happen to, but it's, you know. Right. We know that story. Yeah. So are you working in it now full-time? Is that what you do? Or? No, no. I got I have a full-time uh, office slave job. Gotcha. The balance of life, that's probably the indie film sucks right there, is the balance <laughs> of life plus your passion. That mm -hmm. is, it's almost an impossible feat. Um, I, I lived in, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, and then I moved to the Midwest, and a lot of people I knew in the Midwest, uh, in L.A. were like, oh, so you left Hollywood, you're not going to make movies anymore. You're not, you're not, you can't make movies if you're not you're in not Hollywood. You're not serious now. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> and I believed it, because I, I was out here, and I didn't make anything for like three or four years, like almost four years. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm done, you know, I, I met my wife in L.A., she's from Belleville, we, we moved out here, and I'm like, well, you know. I had a good run. It was fun. I did some cool shit. It's over. But then I just, I couldn't let it go. No, because you know, it's as in you know, it's Yeah, in yeah, blood. exactly. It's in the DNA. And I, I couldn't let it go. So I knew absolutely no one coming out here. So I just started on Facebook groups, found a local theater, found some actors, and climbed my way into people to person to person to made something. And then, there you go. Well, that's, that's the thing about filmmaking, definitely in this day and age, is you don't, you're not, we're not beholden to L.A. anymore. You don't yeah. have to go to Hollywood to make movies. No. Right. There's that uh, premonition that, uh, oh, you have to. Uh, that's not true. Um, and, I mean, if you, know, if you want to work the studio system, maybe, to make a film and just be an independent artist, I mean, you could do that anywhere. Yeah. You know? 
Look at the Skinnamarine guys. Those were those guys were in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what about I saw your IMDb page about uh, you did some TV stuff, some series. I did, I did a web series uh, called Eight Thirteen. Uh, it's a zombie web series, and then after our first couple episodes, we got picked up by Machinima. Um, I don't know if they're still around or not, but uh, yeah, we did. Kind of, it was kind of like, like in 2011, 2010 when the web series thing started kind of yeah. happening. Where was that filmed at then? That was in LA. Okay, uh, that was in uh, Burbank, North Hollywood area. Uh, we shot off and on for like eight months, something like that. You know, weekends, like whenever we were available, and we put it together and. Uh, yeah, put it out there. Yeah, I mean, it was our first rodeo in terms of, like, all of us working together. The, the crew was very scotch tape skeleton crew. Um, all that feeling? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a learning process. I mean, because I had only played by myself. I was in my own sandbox and working with my own friends, my old my my, uh, my collaborators that, you know, I held so close to my heart. It was, 813 was the first time I left my sandbox, my comfort zone, and worked with strangers. So that was kind of like my first like growing up experience. It was kind of like filmmaker high school. Gotcha. I'd been in elementary school this whole time. Now I was just skipping middle school and going straight to high school. And there were times I was like, "This is really hard. I don't know if I'm cut out for this." I mean, it was it was definitely a huge learning curve more than anything. We did festivals. We got some awards. It was a good time. And then that was kind of like the second sort of like, "What do I do now?" And that's when I had to step up in the career and do something even bigger after that. So what came after that? Dollar Baby Stephen King program. Dollar Baby. Yeah. Saw your interview. Thank you. And yeah, talk talk about that because that I was telling Chris this before we got on the air about that with Stephen King and all that. So yeah. go into that. Uh, d- despite popular belief, I never met King and never had a conversation with yeah, but him. He had but, to, but he had to have read your stuff. Uh, he probably did, yeah. but I never. It wasn't good enough for him. Like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> you apply for the Dollar Baby program. You apply for it on his website. Just because you apply doesn't mean you get in. Um, you get uh, limited rights. You get limited rights for a year to adapt a short story. I did The Boogeyman, which at the time was on the list, well before the the one actually came out this year. But yeah, I applied for that, and I and I got to make it. We did crowdfunding, and that was kind of like the biggest thing I had done at that point. That was right after 813, and uh, that was like my next step. I was like, all right, I got to do something bigger, get my name out there more, get my, my film out there more, get my stuff seen, work with different people that was my first time with like a you know like a a big crew you know which is like eight people script supervisor ad and oh man big time now yeah i'm like oh hello (laughs) (laughs) but after that i'm like i I can't go back to doing it by myself again and that's probably why i didn't make anything for a little while after that because i was so stuck in my head that i need a crew i need a scripty i need need, uh infrastructure and yeah yeah i need i need you know this and the other i need a focus puller i need grips i need this Mm -hmm. i need that i need someone to bring me my chocolate milk that was the wrong way to go about it so i stepped down and and started doing smaller things again for myself with small group of people again and you know it's kind of the roller coaster of indie filmmaking Mm -hmm. yeah you know so is Stephen King always like an influence of yours? Like, did you always? Why did you pursue that with him? And how did you find out about that program? Indirectly. Um, I mean, you know, Stephen King was just always one of those things that was there in childhood, whether it be in the mom and pop video store and seeing the VHS for it. So Stephen King was just always there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wouldn't say I was directly influenced by him, but he was always just there. My ex-girlfriend was reading uh, The Skeleton Crew, which is the... Shorts, a uh, book of short stories, his first collection that had the boogeyman in it. Out of all those stories, the boogeyman 
just struck a chord with me. It, it just felt very, um, a very grounded story. The, what I like to relate it to is like The Exorcist. You know, like we've all seen The Exorcist, right? And we know it's not real, but let's say it was real. <laughs> That's probably the closest account. Yeah, it's based to, on a true story. From yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. So it's like, it, but it's kind of like that, like if this really happened, it would kind of be like this. It's very intimate, very closed mm-hmm. off. You know, like this, if it really happened, this is what it would be like. That's how the boogeyman read to me. It's like, we all know the boogeyman, like the superstition of the boogeyman, the guy in the closet, you know? But it was like, if the boogeyman was real, and it was like an actual event, like this is kind of a very intimate way of probably what it would be like. And that's kind of what stuck out to me the most. That hit me, and uh, I was like, I really want to make this and put my own spin on it. I applied, got it, and then and then we made it. What was your budget? What was your? I know it's a short. What was your budget on that? If you don't mind saying, um, a little over six thousand. Okay. Yeah. How'd that shoot go during the production? It was great. I mean, it was a little nerve wracking sometimes because uh, we had a very tight schedule that we had to stay on. Um, we four had, days. We, we did seven. Actually, we were on four, off two, on three. It was my first time like shooting at. We we got to close down a restaurant. And film in an actual restaurant. I know I did in New Orleans a few years before, but <laughs> it was an actual day. Hours. I got to pick the restaurant, and we had a whole night there. What was the end result? It was great. I mean, uh, we, we played a bunch of film festivals. Uh, it still continues to play, which is a crazy thing. There is a book, the first official Dollar Baby book, called Dollar Baby the Book, and uh, there's an interview with me in the book, uh, which you can get at Barnes & Noble or Amazon, like the book's out there. It just reached further than I ever thought it would. You know, and, and over 10 years later, we're still getting mileage on it, which is the craziest thing. So where can we see that? So, <laughs> due to contractual obligation ah. with Stephen King, sounds fucking fancy. No, I, I looked for way. it when I saw it on yeah, yeah. Um, It's not uh, available publicly. Part of the contract you sign when you make this is you can take it to film festivals all you want. You can put clips online. You can put a trailer online. You cannot put the film in its entirety online mm. because I don't own the rights. I have the non-exclusive limited rights. So, I have a link for it on Vimeo. Uh, we have a trailer online. That's about no, it. No, I saw that and I was trying to see the whole thing. And I, I, I will tell you one of the coolest things. There was a big film festival at uh, LA Comic Con just with Dollar Babies playing. And the guy that moderated it was Joe Bob Briggs. My segment of our panel at the con, for some reason, was taken down. There were two parts. And for some reason, the first panel was taken down. It was me and four other filmmakers. For some reason, that one got taken down. But Joe Bob's introduction of The Boogeyman... Is still on YouTube. Oh, nice. And it's pretty cool. I'm like, fucking Joe Bob Briggs said my name and talked about my movie. <laughs> it was kind of cool. You know, it was like, that's what I said. Like, when I when I thought I had to hang it up, I'm like, well, I've done some cool shit. Over the years, you know, you have your ebbs and flows like you spoke of earlier, you know. You, yeah. You, you get a gig and you don't get a gig and you yeah. get a gig and just those little, those little things just keep on keeping you in. Yeah. You know, which is good because at least, you know, you've got some type of value right. to yourself. And then... Get having other people think the same way, then that uh, that that keeps you moving forward. Uh, it what sucks is, and, and this is the other indie film suck is nice man. You are just bringing uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the suck. Um, the water bottle tour. You know, when you make something and people see it, they want to talk to you about maybe hiring you for a project, whether it be indie or a little bit bigger of a budget. We haven't had you know. that. Have we? Yeah, when's that happen? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I didn't go to any big cities, but I went like I had smaller meetings with some independent people and sure. uh, some smaller 
uh, like, you know, like, it wasn't like, I wasn't going to Universal or Warner Brothers or anything, but there were people like, hey, we saw Boogeyman and want to talk to you about uh, this, you know, I work over at Fox, or something, like, the, the smaller division of Fox, you know, we always need people for the for the horror market, I'm like, okay, cool, and never heard back, they would talk, hmm. and then I'd never hear anything, yeah. and someone's like, hey, I, I, I like, you know, I like the Boogeyman, can I, do you have a script or anything, I'm like, I do, for something else, here you go, <laughs> like, great, great, we're going to take it over to Lionsgate, I'm like, okay, cool. Never heard back. You know, so it's like, there were a lot, and then there were, like, kind of offers, too, of, like, hey, we're going to do this dark comedy drama, and he was like, you, do you want to write it? I'm like, uh, we'll, you know, we'll pay you. I'm like, um, I'm down. Hmm. Never heard anything back after that. So <laughs> there was a lot of that kind of stuff, where, it's like, people would show interest, but then nothing would happen. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, so. I think everybody, everyone we've interviewed, and mm -hmm. us included, yeah. we've all had that, that almost moment where someone's yeah. like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about blah, 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 and then nothing comes of it. Yeah. I made the mistake of, like, when this kind of stuff would happen, I'd post, I'm like, hey, guys, something really cool might happen. Stay tuned. And, you know, Facebook or MySpace or whatever. I'm like, something yeah. cool might happen. And so I was like, so what happened? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we always talk about that's part of the process, right? Yeah. The growing experience. Yeah. It is. So that's, I think that yeah. has to happen I, so you I, know I what really that is. I don't really get excited anymore for anything. I mean, right. like, oh, that could be cool. But I'm gonna not get excited until like the third out. meeting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, meeting. I, I got to be on set the first day. <laughs> yeah, even then, check there's that, yeah, there's yeah, that. that check's got to clear. <laughs> yeah, even then, there's that that you know being on set the first day. It's like you're shutting, you're getting shut down tomorrow. <laughs> I mean that kind of thing. It's happened. I did a pilot for a web series that that we never finished filming because that exact thing happened. The person that wrote the checks are like, you know what, never mind. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. It happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. But so, hey, at least you're still getting validated. That's why it's kind of cool to be like the, you know, do your own thing. Like you want to make your own film, your own project on your own terms mm -hmm. with your people. And then, you know, maybe you crowdfund, you know, you, you try to do your own thing. So you're kind of, can kind of somewhat control the outcome. Oh well, yeah. Nobody can take it away from you. Right. It. Nobody can right. shut you down. Right. You also want people to see that this is what you can do and not be on like, somebody else is like Stephen King, right? Did, do you feel like right. Stephen King because it was Boogeyman and that? It obviously justified your talent. But do you think that Stephen King name drove more people towards you? I mean, it definitely did open some doors I didn't know were even out there. I mean, and when I say that, I don't mean like uh, financially because I wasn't allowed to make money off it. That's another part of the, the contract. I can't profit. Yeah, that's my that. whole thing with uh, fan films, which I've never done a fan film. Yeah. Is you know, there's some amazing ones. Wyatt did uh, a really great yeah. Batman. The Dark Knight one. Rises? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it, it's not yours, and you can't do anything yeah. with it, and you can't sell it, and you can't monetize it. And I know it's also about making art, and it's yeah. a fan film, so you're doing it because you love the material, but it's like, if I'm going to spend all that time, money, energy, and effort, I want it to be mine. Yeah, but they're probably also yeah. thinking about, you know, this is a way to get eyeballs on me. It is. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's I a mean, career step, I guess. It, yeah, could, or, it, could definitely yeah. sh it could definitely showcase you. I mean, that's kind of the upside of doing right. a fan film. There's a built-in audience with certain hashtags on YouTube or Twitter or whatever. Uh, you're going to get hits. Guaranteed. Sure. Um, there's someone out here that made a Superman fan film. Donald Kelly. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, it's got like, I don't know how many months it got, like a million views. Yeah, it's good. So, He's a good dude, too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, it'll it'll showcase your, you know, what you got, but it doesn't always um, equal a win. You know, like, because sometimes, what, I, I don't really know, very, I, maybe one or two stories of the, those short films that go viral and they get a, like a 
three picture deal or something. Mm -hmm. There's like a handful of those. Yeah, are there? Yeah. I don't even know. I that. mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, David Sandberg who did uh, Shazam. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. his oh, first movie that. was uh, Lights Out. Mm. You know, and he yep. made that short film that yep. was Lights Out, and then they made a feature. You know, um, Mama, same thing. Guillermo del Toro saw it at a film festival and picked it up. You know, uh, Andrew Buschetti, he did The Flash recently, did the It Chapter 1 and 2. So there are a few. There, yeah, there's there's a few, but again, that's like, think about all the short films. Oh my God. Even the things that go viral don't always equal success. What kind of conversations they're having what doesn't come to fruition? Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, so, I mean... Or same thing, like like Boogeyman did not go viral in any way, any stretch of the imagination. It, it played decently at festivals and had a couple of conversations. That's the most that happened with it. But, I mean, my movie got introduced by Joe Bob Briggs. I ended up in a book. I mean, it's not no. bad. <laughs> you know, I'm, I have no complaints about the success. I mean, it would, yeah, obviously it would have been cooler if more happened, but I'm really happy with what did happen. So it was 2013. Yeah. According to your bio here, 2015 is your next project. Did you go on a two-year tour with the boogeyman or <laughs> there anything in between? That, that was that was touring with the boogeyman but okay. also a little bit of um yeah i'm too cool to do things on my own now i need a full crew now because <laughs> i made a stephen king short film my shit doesn't stink and <laughs> so it's part of that and then it was just like well no one's knocking on my door i need to make something I need to quit being an asshole, and I need to make something. I never burned any bridges or was a dick to anybody. Uh, I was still tight with all my friends and all my collaborators. It was just, in my mind, I was like, I, I, I need more. I need to do more. I've stepped up. I need to keep up, stepping up. I can't take a step back down. I wasted a lot of time just thinking something was going to happen, and nothing ever did. Uh, but then once I jumped back in, I got really passionate again. And then right after that, I, that's when I left L.A., and that's when the other giant gap happened. But I think it's good that you experienced that, that you kind of, you thought it was going to go one way, yeah. and then nothing happened, and right. then you kind of got that, that cold water in the face, reality yeah. check, and some people don't get that. You know, some people luck out and move on to the next thing, and they never have that reality check, which I think would prevent you later on from crashing and burning. Yeah, and, and there are a lot of people that, you know, live in, in that uh, unfortunate denial of, mm -hmm. you know, thinking something's going to happen, but, you know, and they're just insistent on waiting or yeah. thinking I have a script it's a really good script um, I'm just waiting for the money like someone's going to hand like I didn't know that was a thing where people would just hand you money like yeah you know. I haven't experienced that uh, yet no uh, but you, money without experience equals yeah. yeah that's the other thing dude <laughs> yeah there's people that just like you know they've done two things like I'm uh, there are people with some balls, man. They get up on uh, Indiegogo or GoFundMe or whatever. Like, hey, I'm going to make my movie. I'm asking for $150,000. But how many credits do you have? Oh, none. But everyone says I'm really good. <laughs> I have, yeah, I've like, seen bro, that. bro. Like, yeah. you... The, All right. The passion project. That's the, that's the lack of the cold water in the face that mm -hmm. we're yeah. talking about. Like, you see, I don't... Even now, with the little... Tiny bit of shit I've done. I don't have the fucking confidence to ask for a hundred grand. Like I don't. Like I, I don't think I could get that. But there are people that feel they can, and they just I don't know. You gotta just make shit. You gotta just make shit and keep making it. Make mistakes. Humiliate yourself a little bit in front of a crowd of people where they watch something that you think is good, and you see it on the big screen with other people, and they see how bad it is. And then you're like, oh shit, I suck. And you do one of two things. You either pick yourself up and like, okay, well, I got to do it again and do it better and be more careful next time, or you quit. 
Or you don't even learn. And you're like, they just, that crowd didn't know what they were watching. They didn't understand it. Yeah. They don't get my art that's in front of them. So fuck them. I'm going to keep doing my thing because I'm edgy and I'm cool. <laughs> you know, I've known those people too. You're smiling no. like, I well, know that. Well, no, fucker. because it's the people that don't listen either. Because right. they're not saying right. all bad stuff. You just don't hear the good stuff. Right. And then, right, and take that in advance. And that's mm -hmm. why I think you're still in the game. Is yeah. because you saw, hey, I worked it, and I did all this stuff, and I did this, and now you're where you're at. You want another indie film suck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My second feature, I rented out a movie theater, and I, like, I charged admission to get some money back. And we, we play, we're playing at this theater in Pasadena, California, and I'm excited, but then I'm seeing like takes that aren't as good as I thought they were in my head. I'm like, ooh, and I'm noticing little mistakes. I'm like, ooh, ooh. There's a blooper in the movie. That got left in. There's a really intense scene. There's a jump scare. Camera keeps going. And I start, because uh, I'm in the movie, so it's my scene, my cameo scene. I start laughing, and you see the camera go down. I'm like, all right, let's do it again. And then it cuts to the beginning scene. Somehow that got messed in the editing process. Oh, shit. <laughs> and people started laughing, and I just sank in my seat. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm fucking dead. I was so embarrassed. And then I saw people get up and start leaving. Because it was open to the public, so people that were like on the street, were like, "Oh, movie premiere! I want to go!" Right. And Hollywood. They saw a piece of shit that night. And uh, yeah, I, that was talk about fucking reality check. What, what film was that? It was my second feature that's not on IMDb. It's called Victims. Um, it was I don't even know what the fuck it was. It was. Uh, it's such a convoluted plot. The people watching it were victims. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. <laughs> it was like it was an audience experience. It's not a motion picture. It's an experience. A motion and, picture. And, and, and they were all victimized. For you can sure. repackage that and put yeah. that back out. Yeah, that's a good story though. But, I mean, uh, it sounds like you just you kept going and grinding and learning. I, I I mean, I still make mistakes. I still don't know everything. I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate. It's like you know, every project you learn stuff. Oh and, yeah. And everyone's had that. My shit doesn't stink face. You know, we're like you think I'm. I'm pretty good and then you find out well i ain't shit <laughs> you know maybe you have it maybe like, no no, no we're we, trust me <laughs> we, we have been there and that's yes. why i like you mando because <laughs> the more you tell about what sucks because that's not the purpose of this we're not talking yeah. about any film sucks talking we're hoping to get our yeah get yeah. our sucks out so other people don't make the same mistakes we did yeah. and maybe their path in indie film can be a little bit better yeah. than, oh, than yeah. ours Oh, yeah. So that's. Uh, I thought I, that after my first feature, Amphetamine, and we had this blowout <laughs> premiere, and I thought, oh, I'm straight to Hollywood, baby. <laughs> you know, this, we're, this is going to go to Sundance. I sent it to all the big festivals, and, yeah. you know, I'm a feature film director. Got yeah. rejected everywhere. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the criticisms, which I'm very fond of, is this, this guy, <laughs> Richard Tarr, I'm not even sure if he's still alive, <laughs> is uh, in uh, 2003 when it premiered, he said, Best film of the year 2003, Return of the King. Worst film of the year 2003, Amphetamine. <laughs> yes. Hey, you got signaled out. So you took this break. Yeah. Okay, for a couple of years, kind of went on your tour, learned yeah. it, got the cold water in your face, and then I see yeah. some hair raising, another TV series. Is that a web? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that's on YouTube. It was uh, it was my own attempt at making my version of Tales from the Crypt slash Twilight Zone. I wanted to to shoot some really creepy stuff. That had no budget. You know, just it was a very tiny little web series. Not a lot of people really saw it. The first episode has legit really good scare. The thing I learned about these is I didn't plan them very well. Mm -hmm. Everyone did great. My my DP, my editors, my composer, uh, like the actors, everyone was great. I kind of failed in terms of the planning. That was my bad. It was because I was just again thinking, oh, it's not gonna it's not gonna be very much. It's you know no budget. We'll do it in a day, in three hours, small, one setting, one room, 
short film. We'll do this very quickly. Still, even if it did turn out well, like you probably had in your head, mm -hmm. what type, how would you have gotten it out there to the public to see it? So, what type of platforms were you looking into back then? I mean, it was just YouTube. Like, I was thinking it was going to catch fire. Like, you know, I was thinking I can put a really good scary one up and, you know, people will see it and maybe it'll just spread. It didn't happen. Which, so for like an organic growth. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was thinking that, you know, I'm like, oh, hair raising, this might be the thing, you know, it's like small and it's going to be cool and, you know. Right, wanting more. They want right. more, right? That's what you were hoping people would, yeah. like, when's the next one coming out? When's yeah. the next one? Yeah, and, and it just, you know, again, they, they were... They weren't as well executed in terms of planning, and that's, again, my bad. So, you know, learning process. So did you take another long break after this, or is there something in between this 2016-2020 yeah, I mean, I, I, gap? I, I was at that point where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make anything anymore. I'm like, this is, maybe this isn't for me. I'm starting to think that. When did you get married and all this and have your kid? How old you um, so I, um, so the kid was born in 17. Okay. Um, but I left L.A. end of 15, early 16, and came out here uh, to Midwest. It's your first time out in the Midwest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, born and raised in California. I didn't really live anywhere else except for New Orleans for like the month and change I was down there. Otherwise, I'd never spent that much time anywhere. What do you What do you think? <laughs> you guys got Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yes, we, we do. yes, we do. I met uh, the, the lady uh, who, be, who, you know, girlfriend, fiancé, wife. Uh, had a kid right before we got married. Um, and... Again, uh, I'm, I'm taking that, I'm out here, I don't know anybody. Everyone's like, hey, you're done, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I got inspired because I saw snow, first time I ever saw snow. I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to make a, a movie in the snow. Oh, it was not cool at all. Was, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was cold, yeah, but it wasn't cool. I can attest to yeah, that. So yeah. can I. So Did you have boots? Yes. Because I didn't. Oh, no. I was wearing sneakers standing California. in the snow. Oh, no. And I was like, because I was thinking, like, oh, I can walk on the snow. It's fine. It's but when pretty. you're standing in it yeah, for hours, for 10, 11 hours, and it's like 24 degrees, I kept asking people, I'm like, hey, when does frostbite kick in? Because <laughs> I, I was like, I can't feel my feet. Like, my feet there. were literally numb. <laughs> who did you meet? Because you said you did the kind of the, got into the theater groups in Belleville or the community. Who, who did you meet yeah. first in the film so, from St. Louis? Or how did you? Yeah. My wife had a, a friend who went to, uh, she went to Webster, and she had this Christmas party, and there was this uh, individual at the Christmas party uh, named Lou. Lou said, "Oh, you make horror movies. I, I know an actress that you'll that loves horror, and you guys should talk." I'm like, "All right, that's cool." And that turned out to be Jackie Kelly, mm -hmm. who, if you're going to make a horror movie, you cast Jackie Kelly. So I met I met Jack, and and uh, we hit it off really well, and. And uh, at the same time, my coworker said, like, I have a boyfriend that likes horror movies. I'm like, oh, does he make them too? She's like, he does. I'm like, that's someone I want to talk to. That ended up becoming my friend Randy, who was my DP on the first short I did. Hmm. Um, so all these things just kind of slowly started coming together. Um, I don't live that far from Swick. And it was like, they're going to have a theater program. Theater's got to have actors. They've got to be wanting to do stuff. So I started putting stuff out and, and checking out the group pages, kind of, you know, seeing what, like they were casting plays, I'm like, oh, this might be a good place to go and meet actors. So I kind of started doing that and, and slowly just meeting people that way or just on the St. Louis film. Does it Metro what, Metro East filmmaker page? There's probably a page for everything. Yeah, so I, I don't everything in St. Louis. <laughs> discount you there. Yeah, there's like film everything in St. Louis. There's a mm -hmm. bunch of those pages. Yep. Um, I met another actor that want, I met two actors through that that I ended up casting in the first short. And yeah, it just kind of kept going. It just kind of kept expanding and 
growing. And then we did the first short. We're in post on that one. My sound guy's like, hey, I produced two. Do you want to do something else? You got something small? I'm like, I do have an idea. I have a four-page script, and we ended up making that next. So wait, the first one was X Massacre. Did I say that right? Yeah, you okay. said you're the first person to say it right. That was he was like Chris Massacre, X Massacre. Yeah, it's a it's a but it's an 80s looking slasher film. So hence the Santa snow. Claus slasher film in the snow. Oh, cool! And where could you see that one? At? That is on uh, that's on YouTube. Oh. We we got it was really cool. Um, we got picked up by Joe Blow slash Arrow on the Head as one of their exclusives. And there's an article, and uh, they, they put it out on their YouTube page. Oh, nice. So I was like, whoo, cool. <laughs> and then uh, I made another one right after that, and I was like, Jackie, Jackie, you want to do something else? She's like, I'm down. And made another movie with her, and bigger crew, and, and you know, more techy kind of movie. I've never been one for visual effects, because I've never known how to really work with them or work around them. Again, I'm very much like, oh, I have a camera, practical everything. But it was the first time I really got to play with special effects and lighting and do some really cool shit. And that was Death Scene, which was a metric ton of fun. Yeah, how long are your shorts normally? X Massacre is 12 minutes. Death Scene is six and change. Yeah, because the Boogeyman was a little bit long, right? That was like 35 Boogeyman was said. pushing 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. First cut was like 40, and then we cut it down to like 28, but then it felt bare. So then we bumped it back up to like 30-ish, and then it felt right. Nice. So now you're leading into Reaper Road? Talk about mm-hmm. that one a little bit. Reaper Road is something I've been working on for a while. Um, my wife planted the seed in my head of what if these two women were in a car driving. They just ended up on an off-road, and they're a back road, and they're in the woods, and this, the road never ended. Basically like driving through Silent Hill or driving through like the woods in Evil Dead. And most of the movie is set inside the car. So very character-driven, very dialogue-heavy, intimate horror film. Not found footage, but feels fun footage because it's so intimate in the mm-hmm. car with the two characters. Kind of suspenseful, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's Reaper Road. Uh, we've shot a little more than half of it. We shot all the interior dialogue scenes. Jackie Kelly is, is one of the leads. Now we're going to crowdfund. We're prepping the campaign now. We'll probably launch it uh, tail end of September into October, and then uh, we're going to finish shooting in November. Now, is, is that a feature? That's a feature. Okay. It was written as a short originally, but I'm like, man, I could really, there's so much more I want to do with this. So I ended up expanding it into a feature. When you say two people in a car going down a road, every time we go on a float trip and we're down that rocky road, we're going, I go, you know this uh, horror movie start, mm-hmm. right? And sure enough, here you're, you're yeah. making one, and these, I'm sure these girls talk there, about that, right? There's jokes about unsolved mysteries. And right, yeah. It. So, yeah. Who's the other... Uh, other actress. Joanna Fabreche. Oh, I know yeah. her. You know her? We just okay. did something with her. She, uh, I love Joe. She was in a commercial shoot that I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she just got back from Italy, I guess, or did some Dude. work over there. That's part of the reason we're shooting in November, because she's mm. always in another country doing something. Yeah. <laughs> she travels like almost year-round doing film, theater, dance, singing, doing everything. Uh, it took me forever to find the right person, and I, I met Joe, casted her, loved her immediately, did a chemistry read with her and Jackie, and they just killed it. Man, that's going to be awesome. So, Can't wait for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so fucking I was like excited. Just watching the two of them is just so much fun. And you're shooting okay. the rest of that this November? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to, I mean, we did all the interior stuff. We're going to, we got to go out into the woods now and do some practical creature effects, um, some visual effects gags, uh, lots of fog. Um, some tree demons and all kinds of cool shit. Mm, all right. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited. Sounds fun. Between all this, I got two shorts that are, uh, and well, one's done. The other one, I'm at the tail end of post. It's called Bruja. 
Okay. Bruja is uh, Spanish for witch, and it's about a uh, FBI profiler that's evaluating a murder suspect that may or may not be a 600-year-old witch. Interesting. From Mexico. All right. Let's put a little of my culture in there. Got some layers in that one. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of my love letter to Silence of the Lambs. You got anything else in the pipeline that you're writing, or are you, is your hopper pretty full, or are you just kind of... I mean, that's enough. <laughs> but, I agree, but... But I'm always writing something. Well, what's your plans for your feature after you have it wrapped up? What, uh, what's your uh, festivals and uh, seeking distribution? Now, what do you? What do you? What's your thoughts on distribution now? What do you like? What is your experience with it? What is? I have no direct experience with it from people I know that have gotten distribution. I mean, I don't want to say this wrong, but it, it feels like there are more options to get movies out there now um, because every streaming service is looking for content. Some people self distribute. And they get it on Tubi or Prime. I don't think you can get it on Prime as easily anymore. At one time you could. I don't think you can anymore. I mean, I'm just all about getting it out there so people could see it. I see. Um, and, and the plan is to use that as leverage. Like, hey, I made this. and I can. I want to make something else. Right. Stepping stone. You want to help? Yeah, that's basically the plan for it. Well, most distributors will tell you all sorts of things up front. Like, oh, we want to partner. We want to do this. We're yeah. going to go places. Then take your film and you won't see a dime. Yeah. Or if you do, it's pennies. Yeah. Points. Points. <laughs> Points. Well, it sounds like you're more interested in getting it out there than making money off of it anyway. Yeah, no, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, realistically, I mean, it would be cool to make it on the, the big screen, obviously. That's the dream, right? But the way it is now, it's just, you know, as much as I love going to the movies, and I'm a movie goer, theater chains are just not, you got to be a $100 million yeah. movie uh to to get on the big screen lately but um you know streaming is kind of where it's at and i'm okay with that mm -hmm. i mean if i can get something on shutter oh yeah <laughs> that's like right. yeah that's the fucking mount olympus for me there you go yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I'd not be, an impossible dream i don't think no. no it's it's something i would love to happen i mean if it doesn't it's, i mean if it gets out there i'll be happy period whether it be 2b or prime hulu whatever Screenbox. i mean there's there's options now, which is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, two things I got here. Trademark films are usually shot in black and white. Is that still true? <laughs> um, is that old news? I got to update that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> look, I, I'm obsessed with black and white. Black and white's really cool. I wish there would be more films in black and white, but they don't sell very much, apparently. But but the um, genre pulls it. I, I, love, yeah. I love black and white. Um, but yeah, for a while, I wanted to do everything in black and white. And then my goal is to make those little hairs on your arms stand up straight up. Is that still your goal? <laughs> yeah, that that'll never change. Um, th I mean, there's I mean, if you're a genre fan, you, there's a difference between the jump scare. You're like, oh shit! Everyone, anyone can have someone grab your shoulder and make you jump. I mean, that that's an every that's that's a big trope. But those scenes in movies that you just are implanted in your brain and just make those hairs on your arms stand up and just really give you the chills. That's the shit you remember, and that's the stuff I, I would like to do. I would like to share that with an audience when they're watching something, whether they're at home or in the theater. So late at night, they're, they're all fucked up because they thinking yeah. about what you did. Yeah, yeah, and, cool. and I, I feel good knowing that a couple of the things I've done have done that, <laughs> which is cool. So do you have a favorite uh, favorite director or favorite film? My favorite director of all time is Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, mine, same, you know? right there, brother, but, but yeah. It's, it's funny because like it, it sounds like so easy to throw around, but... Dude, I mean... Like, Complex individual. It's hard to pick, uh, like, really good stuff that isn't out of his main catalog towards the end of his career because that's when Psycho and the Birds, North by Northwest, all that stuff came out later in his career. But if you go back to his earlier stuff, like Post Lodger, like when he was still in the UK, 
um, like Sabotage. 39 Steps. 39 Steps, Blackmail, Notorious. Notorious is so fucking underrated. No one talks about Notorious or The Wrong Man. Yep. The Wrong Man is like so ahead of its time. Yeah. You know? Uh, No, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. Favorite movie, Batman 89. Oh, uh, the uh, Michael Burton one? Yep. Yeah. First movie I ever saw on the big screen at six years old at the drive-in. That nah, stuck with you. To this day, my favorite movie of all time. I had that poster in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I've only seen. seen that movie once. What? Oh, I've never seen it, so. What? Sorry. Man, you oh, never seen it? Awesome. No. Awesome. Awesome. I, no. I, I seen it no. once in 89, and that was it. Mm. After I made a couple short films, <laughs> I saw Psycho for the first time in high school. That was a movie that made me want to be a director. Yeah. Psycho is my number two favorite movie of all time. I could talk Hitchcock all night. The McGuffin, the, I mean, everything. Yep. Go. Yeah, I took a whole class on him in college. Right on. Yeah, he's a good deal. I think Frenzy should have been his last movie. I, I, don't, I like Frenzy more than Family Plot. But weren't they under like contract back then, too, to make, you know, I think he was obligated to make so many movies, and I don't know. He made like 60-something. I know. An incredible amount. I yeah. mean, you never find a director now making that kind of movies. Nope. Back then, the film sucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, nerds, quit talking. All right, what do you think, Gregor? Was it time? <laughs> I don't know. I just, what's, uh, what do you want to talk you, about, Mando? Yeah, yeah any, uh, anything else you want to put out there before we wrap everything up? If you're into horror films and, and you're in the St. Louis area, uh, check out Hysteria Fest. That's, uh, the, it's the second year for the horror festival uh, in St. Louis. It's ran by Paul Hibbard. And uh, if you're not in St. Louis and you're a horror filmmaker, submit your stuff to Hysteria Fest. I think it's already closed for this year, but I'm just definitely going to do it again next year. When's that go off? Mid-October. Uh, tickets are on sale now. I know that for the festival. And badges are available. But uh, Hibbard's a great filmmaker. He's doing a lot for like the, the horror community in St. Louis. He's okay. just kind of starting it off. So that's a really cool festival. Um, Jackie Kelly is a great actress. Hire her. Eric Stanzi, you know, is awesome. Yeah. Hire him. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of all the people I can name drop that are awesome. Jake Denunzio does great visual effects. It's, I can go on and on. It's your time. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> hey, man, thanks for coming out here. Thank you for having yeah. me. I really no, appreciate coming it. Out. I love anyone that'll listen to me. Bullshit, so. Well, I guess it's time to talk about what we always talk about. What's that, Chris? Which, that would be the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. True independent filmmaking on the Indie Film Sucks podcast, brought to you by 88mm Productions on all the social stuff Facebook, Instagram, don't like YouTube, us. blah. Don't like, don't subscribe. <laughs> For God's sake, don't subscribe. Hit the music. <laughs> Peace. Good night. Indie Film Sucks. Indie Film Sucks. It's the Indie Film Sucks. Yeah.